0: If there was a missing piece of information that is costing you money now or could cost you money in the future, when would you want to find out about it? Ideally, you would want to learn about it right now. It's best to learn these critical facts before you make any financial decisions because not knowing could have profound effects on your financial future. One of the best ways to make money is to avoid losing it in the first place. So we focus on all the missing facts to keep your money from falling through the cracks, and we engineer tax strategies to reduce burdens on your income. Welcome to the Roadmap to Retirement podcast with Ken New from Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management. As a fiduciary advisor, Ken focuses on creating individualized holistic plans rather than cookie-cutter portfolios. Listen in as Ken and his guest experts explore key retirement and tax strategies that every pre-retiree should consider to reach their pinnacle. Now, onto the show. We talked about it in the previous episode, getting old and needing health care. This time, Ken New has even more key information for you to consider. I'm Patrice Sikora. So Ken, what's on the agenda today? And oh, you have a guest, Correct.
1: Yes, that's all correct. Absolutely. So today we're going to take a a deeper dive into healthcare and retirement and continue that conversation because healthcare is really much more than Medicare and Medicaid costs and Medicare supplements, income-related adjustment amounts, the IRMA costs. We're not going to be talking about Part D and Part B premiums and certainly not how to qualify for Medicaid. Today, we're going to take that deep dive and talk about long-term care and the planning strategies associated with long-term care strategies. Now, remember last week, we talked a little bit about a story about Bob, Bob from Indianapolis. So I came to know Bob. He was referred to me by a mutual friend, a client of mine. And he said to me, you know, Ken, I'm one of those guys that's on the far end of the bell curve. My dad recently passed at 95. Mom's alive in her 90s. My wife's parents are both in their 90s, and they could all live to 100. They're doing great. I'm really concerned about healthcare costs and healthcare strategies in retirement. I don't want to go broke, and I don't want to be a burden to the family. So he reminded me of a quote. Charles Lindbergh is the one who said it. He said, Isn't it strange we talk the least? about the things that we care about the most, about our family and the future survival of our loved ones. So I'm going to tee it up a bit, and then we'll get to the conversation with our guest speaker today. And so consider this hypothetical scenario. You've reached retirement because you've done a great job of planning. You've saved, you're comfortably living on an annual income, which is enough to cover living expenses and enjoy your retirement life. And suddenly, you experience a chronic illness or a physical disability, and it requires long-term care, either at home or assisted care facility or maybe in a nursing home. From this point on, you'll need a significant increase in income to cover those expenses. There is an income gap. Could be triggered by common things like diabetes or heart disease or Alzheimer's. And here's the thing about long-term care planning. We never really get to the right solutions if we're having the wrong conversations. So we really like to hear from our expert speaker. So let's have some of that conversation about care planning with the nationally known expert, the Senior Vice President of Care Planning Solutions, with the Financial Independence Group in Charlotte, North Carolina. Please welcome Alicia Barnett.
2: Thank you so much, Ken. Glad to be here.
1: Thanks for being here. So Alicia, the first area I think that would be really interesting is is that in, in years past, we've had conversations about how to qualify for Medicaid if everything goes south. And the states and state governments are coming out with a different viewpoint on this uh, issue of long-term care and retirement and uh, Medicaid laws. Can you help us understand that?
2: Absolutely. So because Medicaid is spread then, and I just don't, I'm not sure there's going to be enough money in that pot with all the aging population and people needing care. So what states are considering, or what one state has done and 15 other are considering, is they put together a state-funded long-term care plan. Washington, Washington, was the first. uh, And again, they certainly won't be the last. Uh, And essentially, it it was a mess. And and the plan isn't all that great. But what it did was educate a lot of people for the real reasons needing care. But in the interim, uh, they're charging 58 cents for every $100. If you're an employee in the state of Washington, if you did not opt out, I'll tell you in a second, what opting out means for a plan that pays essentially $100 a day for a year. So you have a pool of money of $36,500. Now the national average is around $109,000 a year. So there's a major shortfall. Again, it it was a great education piece, but is it really going to do it it any justice when you actually need care? It's pretty much a band-aid. For those that were able to opt out, you had to purchase a long-term care plan by November of 2021. Um, You had to buy a private long-term care plan Carriers were overwhelmed. They, in fact, paused the business. So many people weren't able to opt out. They were getting thousands of applications a day. So if you weren't able to get a plan and opt out because of that private plan, then unfortunately, you're going to pay that tax. Regardless of whether you live in Oregon or surrounding states, you have to use the care in Washington and and you have to pay that tax. So Uh, Again, it is coming to other states, California's right at the doorstep, New York, and again, uh, we're looking at about 13 other states other than New York and California. Uh, It's coming to a state near you. It's not a a reason to go out and purchase a long-term care, but it is a a reason to educate yourself as to why you need care because of the great income gap, because of your family. I I think long-term care is a love insurance you know, I bought a plan so that my kids will talk to each other when, you know, when they, when I die. Again, uh, a great reason to at least go out there and investigate some of the options that are available because there is going to be a major shortfall, even with the government funded plan.
1: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It, it, the, to listen to the details, I remember when I first heard about this program. So actually this is w 2 Earners in the state of Washington at any age, even the twenty or thirty-year-olds, are that is going to be absolutely acquired.
2: correct. Yep, that's right. Ken, sorry, uh, it is any anywhere yeah. from eighteen and older W two employees, no income gap.
1: Just, just amazing to me, and and yet the the solution. I I think you just said it's it's like a band aid on the problem. The solution is very minor, I mean, $100 a day in today's dollars with inflation, thats that doesn't really amount to much. Do you anticipate or have you heard? It seems to me like that might just be the beginning of a much bigger number.
2: Absolutely. Again, all these states are considering, and I think once a few pass that legislation, you're going to see almost every state follow that pattern. Now, we don't know when, and that's kind of the urgency. If you want to opt out of the tax, um, these newer states that are considering a long-term care funded plan, you have to already have a plan in place. And once that legislation is passed, there is no opt-out period. So it is good to be considering that now before before the legislation is passed, so that you're not stuck in that you know in that category where you're getting a small plan that's not going to do much justice, and you could have gotten a better plan to cover more of uh, of the risk.
1: Yeah, I, I know that we have uh, developed uh, several. Care planning strategies for our clients over the years. And there's a lot of different options to them and, and, and a lot of choices. The key thing here is to be proactive and create a strategy on how to offset this cost because i think one of the other things that's that's important is, is that the the probability of living longer is just getting greater and greater in our in our society today and of course as we live more into our 90s as bob was talking about there's a higher probability that something would give that would require care and then that could be sold by care planning solutions. Do you have some sense about what the national um, numbers are, life's, uh, the life expectancies and costs associated with that?
2: Absolutely. As far as the cost of care, nationally, it's around $109,000 a year for facility care. And it's typically about 50% of the nursing home uh, will cover uh, home care and assisted living. So home care is going to cost about half that. And I think we'll see those number, numbers rise as there are caregiver shortages. And we saw a lot of that during the pandemic. Again, it's, it's very expensive. And for those listeners today, I would encourage you to go check out your local cost. There's a fantastic website. It's longtermcare.gov. And there is a link. There's a lot of general long-term care information, but there is a link you can click on for cost of care. When you click on that link, it'll it'll take you back to the Genworth cost of care survey where you can actually type in your city or your zip code and it will dial down those local costs. For example, here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, it's around $8,000 a month for facility and around $4,000 for home care and assisted living. So it it will actually dial those numbers down so you see exactly what you're going to pay if you need some type of, of care.
1: Yeah, and those numbers are are astonishing. I remember in the early 2000s, those numbers were like a couple thousand dollars a month and 4,000, and now they're more than doubled.
2: They have absolutely gone up. And I, again, I think we'll see those numbers continue to rise as more people need care. And I think that's why, again, why we're seeing these state-mandated plans coming out because there is a, a tidal wave of, of caregiving and caregiving responsibilities coming, uh, in my opinion, sooner than later.
1: Yeah, I think what it speaks to is the states are preempting this eventuality that people will run themselves out of money. And um, as that happens, try to qualify for Medicaid and those kinds of programs. So let's take the flip side of that then. Those that do have assets to protect, those that have money that they feel would be adequate to cover long-term care costs. And maybe they want to put together a plan, a strategy. I know there are some outstanding choices out there in companies that provide long-term care solutions. Maybe you could talk a bit about that.
2: Absolutely. Well, there's two two main ways to mitigate the risk when it comes to long-term care planning. There's traditional long-term care insurance and asset-based long-term care insurance. I like to use the analogy, owning your contract versus renting. Traditional long-term care insurance is like renting. It's the cheapest way to buy the most amount of long-term care. However, you know, rates can go up. Historically, you've seen those go up a lot on the older contracts. I think there's some rate stabilization on the new ones, but there's no guarantees. Also, if you die and you don't need care, there's no death benefit. There's also no exit strategy. So if you really think you're going to need care, A lot of people will move in this direction because, again, uh, you get the most leverage for the least amount of money. But there are some fantastic alternatives, and this is, in fact, what we're seeing the majority of solutions uh, out there today are the asset base. The government has allowed certain life insurance or annuity contracts to be accessed while alive, tax-free for LTC, and additional leverage. So owning your contract versus renting it. So with these asset-based long-term care plans, you have a live, quit or die benefit. So what does that mean? So there are four different ways you can fund an asset-based long-term care plan. You can use cash or cash equivalent. You can use income to fund the plan, just like the traditional products. You can use qualified money. A lot of us have a disproportionate amount of money and qualified funds to be able to pay for those types of solutions. And then last but not least, highly appreciated non-qualified annuities. So with these solutions, again, they're they're written on life insurance or annuity chassis. And depending on how you fund those will depend on the type of leverage that you get. For example, if you were to put in $100,000 in one of the long-term care annuities, depending on the carrier uh, out there, there's many carriers that have these solutions, you could double your money for long-term care, triple your money for long-term care, even get an unlimited or lifetime benefit for long-term care purposes. But if you die and you never use it, that annuity is going to go to your beneficiary. And if you wanna quit, then certainly there are some exit strategies you can walk away with some or all of your money depending on when you change your mind. The one I really love the most, and it's the fastest growing solution in my opinion, is qualified dollars. There's a carrier out there that will take qualified money directly. So you would roll your money from your, we'll call it your right pocket to your left pocket, and you're gonna get a bonus on your money. They're gonna take internal distributions, and I like to call this the McDonald's Happy Meal of of long-term care plans, but they're gonna fund a 10-pay life insurance policy to pay for long-term care. So you're utilizing qualified money It's almost like taking internal RMDs or required minimum distributions uh, like a Roth conversion and turning that money into tax-free dollars for long-term care. And again, you can get up to a lifetime of benefits, so a a tax-free income stream for life to pay for care. Now, we're not going to get out of paying Uncle Sam, but certainly we can spread that tax liability out over 10 years uh, rather than if, for example, you need care one day and you have to cash in your your IRA to pay for care, you're going to have a pretty big tax bill. So it's a great way to leverage that those taxable dollars into tax free money for long-term care purposes. But again, a lot of different solutions on these life insurance or annuity chassis and many people just haven't heard of them. Uh, but it's certainly worth investigating because again, you have a lot of options out there and a lot of different ways to pay for those solutions.
0: Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the Roadmap to Retirement podcast, and I'm so happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to www.pinnaclefinancialwealthmgmt.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We would love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great recap. And I particularly like um, the solution with qualified money, as well as the non-qualified annuities. I mean, you see those in financial plans today. And sometimes I'll ask about that, you know, what's that money for? And as well, if I need additional income in the future. And as I just pointed out, I mean, wouldn't it be nice to take that qualified money and then convert that to a long-term care strategy, pay taxes over a 10-year period versus the idea of having to take out 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 in one year to pay for that care uh, when you need it. And and, and then to be able to have a policy that you can actually have that you can't run out of. You have lifetime benefits, an amazing opportunity there. Could you speak a little bit about the non-qualified annuity? My understanding is that there's a tax advantage to that as well.
2: There absolutely is, Ken. Thanks for bringing that up because it really is one of the best benefits that you can get out there from a tax efficiency standpoint. So the Pension Protection Act was signed into law in 2006, enacted in 2010. And what it allows you to do is let's say you have a $50,000 non-qualified annuity and it grows to 100. If you start taking money out, you pay taxes on that $50,000 gain. So the Pension Protection Act has allowed us to transfer that money into one of these long-term care annuities that's PPA or Pension Protection Act qualified. And if you need care, that $50,000 gain is going to come out tax-free. In addition to that, again, depending on the carrier, your hundred might turn into 300,000 for long-term care purposes, or even an unlimited benefit. Like Ken said, you can never run out if you need five years. 10 years, or 15 years of care, that's a lifetime income stream tax-free uh, to pay for long-term care services like home care, or assisted living, nursing home. It is fully comprehensive, and I don't know about you, Ken, but I would rather receive my care in the home.
1: Absolutely. Everyone says to the person, will always say, I'd rather stay at home. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want my loved ones around me. I want to be in my own environment. And these are strategies that allow for that, where you control that whole process of receiving care uh, at the later stages of life and, and and receiving it at home is always preferred. And I know the family prefers that as well. And speaking of that, from a general perspective, of course, you know, the idea of having this type of solution any of these solutions but having a solution that you choose is in your best interest it helps keep the family together they are not the caregivers they're the they are going to supervise this care and there's a pot of gold there there's there's these planning solutions that provide for that and it just helps keep the family together versus allowing for the family in some cases to be torn apart over these kinds of issues
2: Absolutely, Ken. And, you know, I've had personal experience with that. You know, as you said, long-term care doesn't bring families together. It tears families apart. You know, oftentimes the spouse will take care of you if you're married because they feel obligated to, or maybe their financial situation will dictate it. And sometimes taking care of the chronically ill will make you chronically ill. And if your spouse doesn't take care of you, if you're married, then your family steps in. Typically, it's the oldest daughter and closest proximity. You know, your life doesn't end. Someone else's does. And again, I can tell you from personal experience, my mother has been twice widowed. My my father, biological father, died in his 30s. My stepdad died at the beginning of the pandemic, and she's alone now. I live about an hour and 15 minutes one way. Uh, my older brother lives about 10 minutes away from my mom, and I've got a, a younger brother who lives about five hours and a sister who lives three hours away. Well, she got COVID, uh, i say roughly seven months ago. So I literally drove down to mom's every day for two weeks. I took her food. I took her medicine. I looked through the glass door to make sure she was okay. Now, Ken asked me how many times my older brother, who's 10 minutes away, went over to mom's.
1: I'm going to guess he didn't make that trip.
2: <laughs> that's right. And I would say this in front of my brother. I love my brother, but uh, you're absolutely right. He's going to go over there and he's going to, if the toilet needs fixing, he's going to fix the toilet. He's going to come over and do the shrubs, but he's not going to be the caregiver. So what is that going to look like when when mom actually needs care? You know, oftentimes, again, the closest, oldest daughter in closest proximity, that's me. She may give up her job and move in with with, with her, or maybe she'll move in with me. But, uh, you know, we'll do that because, number one, I love my mom and I am honestly her plan because she couldn't qualify for a long-term care plan. So um, what's Thanksgiving going to look like with the family or Christmas? There will be some resentment. That's why we always say long-term care doesn't bring families together. It, It tears them apart. So having a plan would help avoid some of those discomforts in the family and, again, allow you to supervise the care rather than provide the care.
1: That's that's a great recap. I'm I'm thinking about our last 10 minutes here. It's got to be like listening to this for the first time is almost like drinking from a fire hose. It's like all these details and so on. But what we've gotten to is a better kind of conversation, leaning more towards the right kinds of solutions, because we're having the right kind of conversation. We're talking about solutions for something that has a high probability of happening. And it's in the vast majority of Americans' futures. As we live longer, there's a higher probability of these instances happening. And let's face it, governments are broke. They don't have the money to, to take care of these kinds of needs. So planning is, is part of that solution. Great conversation, Alicia. Really appreciate your comments on that. I know the listeners have listened to so many different ways that this can be pieced together. And, and the rationale behind it is to, to help someone. There's a saying in a book that I read of you, as you see things differently, The way that you look at this area of long-term care, in many cases, inside the financial circumstances, are the solutions to help protect and provide for this kind of care. And so at any rate, that's the reason for the conversation today. Love to be able to come back and uh, have a conversation with and answer any of these questions and, and take a deeper dive into what these solutions might look like.
2: And Ken, those, those are all great points. And I, I would like to add, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. There are so many solutions, you know, beyond what we talked about today. So the important thing is just, just talk about it with your family. Put that plan on paper. Investigate all the options for you. You've never been younger and healthier than you are today. So I would encourage you to ask those questions now before, before it's too late.
1: Absolutely. Put a plan together. Thank you so much for your time today, Alicia. Great presentation.
2: Thanks for being, I've enjoyed being here. Thanks so much, Ken.
1: You're welcome. And Ken, if someone does have questions,
0: how can they reach you?
1: Well, the uh, the presentation today is on platforms like Apple or Google, Spotify. We do have also on our website uh, links to this presentation and all the contact information for myself. Love to have a conversation over the phone or you can book some time, but we'll get, take a deeper dive into what these solutions might look like.
0: So don't let healthcare needs ruin your retirement plans. Follow Ken's podcast for insight and information share with others as well, and reach out to Ken if you have any thoughts on this or other topics. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Roadmap to Retirement podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.pinnaclefinancialwealthmgmt.com or give us a call at 321-454-3623. Securities offered through Center Street Securities, Inc., CSS, a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Center Street Securities Advisors, CSA, a SEC-registered investment advisor. Pinnacle Financial Wealth Management, CSS, and CSA are independent entities. Discussions are meant to be general in nature and may not be suitable for all investors. Please consult a tax professional regarding any tax implications.